I just burped. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm not burp shaming. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Coconuts Podcast. Today is November 26, 2021. The Coconuts Podcast is your home for top trending news and pop culture from all across Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. I'm Nurul Azlia. And I'm Andrew Nasri. Hi, Nurul. How was your woot, break? Woot. It was a good break. I uh, basically just disconnected from everything. Everything and anything that has to do with the internet. Oh, man. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, I've, I've had a couple of those breaks over the pandemic because I haven't been able to go anywhere. Um, yeah. So good to know that you've been doing that. I hope you're refreshed, recharged. Yes. But, but on the other hand, you didn't get to travel to your beloved Bandung, Indonesia, did you? No. <laughs> and I think Indonesia Indonesia has kickstarted like some tourism campaigns where they're, they're like showing off videos of like all these ads on YouTube. And for some reason, there are photos of new Bandung cafes are popping out on my Instagram feed. So I don't know. Is it the universe or is it just the algorithm reading my mind? Probably a bit crazy. of both. I'm having serious travel envy, but at the same time, I, I still cannot get rid of the COVID anxiety. So I think maybe yeah. like it's too soon. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm like stuck in between two worlds. It's, it's been two years of this craziness. From a man painting artwork with his PP to alien worshippers in Bangkok, Coconuts TV brings you wacky and impactful documentaries from across the region. Don't miss out. Head down to our Coconuts TV YouTube channel to subscribe and enjoy. All right, let's jump into our top stories, shall we? Sorry sure. Woot woot. Okay, we are flying to Manila first, guys. Love is in the air in Manila, okay? Uh, because of this YouTuber, spoiling the market for many other guys and girls out there. YouTuber, This YouTuber gifted his girlfriend with a million, do- million pesos money bouquet. Oh, on her birthday, Holy and shit. if you if you're looking at this photo that we have in our story, it's a giant ass bouquet. Okay, <laughs> like yeah. what the hell? I don't think that can even fit through my door. But yeah, what do I know? I have a small door. Anyways, this person, he's a YouTube vlogger. You might not, you, know, you may or may not know the person, but the person's name is Von Ordona. Okay, and he surprised his girlfriend with a money bouquet. And obviously, he's showing it off to his subscribers because he has 2 million of them on his YouTube channel. And this bouquet, it was so big, it stood over 6 feet tall. 6 feet tall. That's taller than me. Yeah, that's taller than me. I just gave away my height. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, how do you even carry it? You got you got to get, like, someone to carry it for you. Oh, my God. But anyways, his girlfriend is a pop singer, Caroline Ocampo. So I guess the pressure is on him to, you know, step his game up. And also, yeah. since he is a content creator, it's a good content opportunity for him to, it you is, know, document yeah. the situation, put it up online, and see if it goes viral so that he can get some YouTube catchings. The cynical reporter in you had to point out the whole money-making opportunity from this money bouquet. Yeah, I guess it's this is a classic case of no money, no honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. By the way, I just did the math. Um, Which is one million uh, Philippine peso is nineteen thousand eight hundred forty-five U.S. dollars. Damn, it doesn't sound as impressive, but that's a lot. As, yeah, still. 
It's still a love and I'm looking at I'm, lo- I'm looking at the photo. The million comprised a lot of 1,000 peso bills and 500 peso bills, and it's and it's like big blue flower with a yellow center. It's beautiful. Yeah, like you gotta say. Yeah, you know what'd be funny though, like if it rained. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Bye. No, no, no. Bye but, way, you know, money. when 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 somebody receives that, say say neural, say you get a a massive bouquet of cash. Would you be thinking deep down, holy shit, I have to unpluck every single bill by myself and how tedious that is? Well, if I'm going to receive that much money, I'll just pay someone to plug it for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's a tiny portion of the bouquet for you. 1,000 pesos. Yeah, like a stock, a money stock. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this brings us nicely to our next story over (laughs) Coconuts Jakarta, whereas the Coconuts Vanilla story was about a guy who had money in abundance, this is basically the exact opposite. Um, Yeah, so this story uh, opens with the question, how far would you go in the name of love? I'm asking you. Uh, Oh, (laughs) Uh, I would say, how far? Through the roof, man. (laughs) Holy shit. Holy shit. Well done. (laughs) Because this guy, uh, this 24-year-old guy in um, Bantul Regency, that's in Yogyakarta. Beautiful city, by the way. He sold um, the furniture in his family home and the literal roof of their home. Like the corrugated uh, metal sheets. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, um, So he kind of pulled that down. And sold them so he could make a little bit of money to pay for, you know, to go on dates with his new girlfriend. How amazing is that? What? I don't know. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to not laugh, but it's so hard. It is. It is. Long. It's quite amusing, but it's actually there's actually a lot of you know really sad subtext to this story because this guy he's like. He's a motorcycle taxi driver. Like he makes, uh, you know, up to a hundred thousand rupiah daily. That's only like seven dollars, right? Um, the sad reality. Um, mm-hmm. And his mom is a household assistant somewhere else. She's a live-in assistant. So he's had the house to himself for the past couple of years. But when mm-hmm. his mom came home recently, she was shocked to find that the, the, a lot of their furniture was had been sold. And um, he was in the middle of selling the metal sheets of roofing that he had just pulled down. And um, Damn. yeah, and so she was she was really ticked off. Um, he, he made like a pretty respectable 24 million rupiah, which is like $1,600, $1,700 US from mm. all the sales, which he then used to um, buy food and to quote him, Sometimes it's food, sometimes a bag and clothes. And I did it because of love. Um, Mm. He only met this girl a month ago when she ordered a ride and he happened to be her driver. Um, What? So So creepy. Yeah. But yeah, they, they, they hit it off. They dated soon afterwards and he lavished her with all these gifts without actually having the money himself. So he had to do all those um, things unbeknownst to his mother. And when his mother found out, she was so ticked off that she reported him to the police. Oh. Yeah. And he's been charged with 
theft and you know if she doesn't drop the charges against him he could face up to five years in prison yeah so this is this is kind of this is an amusing story but at the same time it's pretty serious it's like it's like it's so funny in the beginning and it became like scary and scary as you go yeah (laughs) like the more it unfolds like like the scary it becomes yeah and there's a bit of there's a bit of like a uh i don't know there's a bit of a probably a mental health issue here as well because this guy's dad just you know passed away recently and apparently like there are some reports that this is him kind of acting out as well this is his way of acting out um so yeah hopefully i like for the sake of everybody involved i hope that the mother does drop the charges and and then that the son learns from his uh lesson Mm. so yeah yeah or like every party just trying to do something to make everyone happy again like i would suggest the sun to go and fix the roof at least because you know monsoon season's coming and it might get raining and flooding oh it's here it's here oh it's here oh there you go maybe that's the root root cause of the anger like (laughs) what are you thinking we need a roof over our heads in monsoon season yeah yeah and i wonder if she's he's still with that girl right we don't even After know who this girl is. No, we don't. Like, um, but the police questioned her and everything, and she's she she said she wasn't aware what he was doing. She just assumed that he had money, but mm. she didn't. She never asked where the money came from, which I understand because they're only like their relationship is less than a month old. So yeah, like who asks uh, intrusive questions like that? Like, where'd you get your money from? <laughs> your, <laughs> <Exactly>. your second date. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if she's like now like uh this guy's trouble. I'm gonna ghost <laughs> disappear. Him. Yeah. yeah, ghosting. <laughs> okay. In uh Malaysia, oh Hollywood, Malaysia, Hollywood. <laughs> um veteran actress Michelle Yeoh is gonna co-produce the one MDB scandal docudrama. Wow. It's gonna be big, maybe, but I'm very interested in watching this if it actually happens. So mm. it's it's been announced that Hollywood docudrama series, television series, will be out. And uh, it will be based on a book written by two journalists about the um, looting of state funds from the One Malaysia Development Berhad uh, firm in Malaysia which is obviously insolvent. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a very popular scandal, but just to give a little bit of context, basically former Prime Minister Najib Razak set up this firm to kind of, well, the whole, the official agenda behind it was to get more economic uh, growth for the country. But in the end, you know, the money started going to places where it shouldn't go, like on a yacht, on Mm. a Hollywood movie. And then it went on to uh, wild parties and, and things like that. And then obviously the U.S. authorities got wind of it. And then they investigated and, and found out that, you know, up to $5 billion have been like looted by, from the firm. And they've got like paper trails of it like all around the world. And one of the alleged mastermind uh, behind this whole saga is this guy named Low Take Joe, better known Joe as Lo. Joe Low. And we still don't know where he is. It's been two, it's nearly two years into the pandemic. We still don't know where he is. Yep. 
And um, so this book is basically about him and the drama is going to be about him. So um, this actress, Michelle Yeoh, uh, she's joined um, the House of Cards screenwriter. His name is Bo Willimon, as well as this producer named Jordan Tapis to produce this drama. We're not sure when it's going to come out, but this is all we know that they're working on it and they are getting uh, backed by two companies, Westward Productions and SK Global Entertainment, which is actually the same company that funded Crazy Rich Asians, which Michelle Yeoh was also on. Hmm. Mm. She was yeah. great in that. So, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There were so many but like how, amateur how, actors in the show, yeah. I feel. So like she really glowed in the yeah. show. Yeah. Awesome. But um, speaking about the scandal, have you read uh, The Billion Dollar Whale? No, I haven't actually. Yeah. Have you? It, I no, it's um, it's quite an es- essential read, I hear. But I, I'm, s- it's gonna be on my list for sure. Mm. Before before this docudrama comes out, I like to read whenever there's like a, a a movie based on a book or whatever. I like to read the book first, uh, you know, and then compare it to the book. Uh, to yeah, and then find that the movie is inferior. So Which I will is be doing that for this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll probably be doing that for this too. <laughs> Oh, you're one of those movie critics. <laughs> yeah, guilty. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Where are we going next, Andra? We are going to Hong Kong, where a pro-democracy clothing store, Chicky Duck, is leaving the city next year. So, Nora, I don't know if you know the clothing brand, Chicky Duck. Actually, I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> and Me neither, um, before the story. I don't know. I might sound mean, but I initially thought it was like a fast food joint or something. <laughs> yeah, selling like chicken porridge slash duck. Yeah, but no, actually, it's quite an institution in Hong Kong. So I'm sorry, guys, for um, sounding disrespectful. But yes, it is quite an institution in Hong Kong. It's been around for like three decades. Yeah. And, you know, the great thing about them is, you know, uh, not only do they sell kids clothing and really good kids clothing at that apparently i don't know i've never bought cheeky duck for my kid but anyway they're also pro-democracy and mm-hmm. so um after like you know numerous run-ins with the authorities in recent months they're they're leaving they announced they announced that they're leaving hong kong due to setbacks since the passing of the national security law um yeah so they become one of those companies slash brands slash products that are you know opposed to the law and uh, are basically perishing as a result, unfortunately. So yeah, just to um, I get to quote what uh, the CEO or CEO Herbert Chow said: "The feasibility of the business going forward is now in question, and we're thinking of wiser and more sustainable strategy- strategies for the company going forward." He didn't exactly specify what those strategies are. But yeah, it looks like Hong Kong is going to be one clothing brand down very soon. Hmm. Damn. And just I just think, to uh, um, list, yeah. I, um. I guess it's it's um the pro pro democracy supporters are going through are facing quite a lot of atten- of tension from the government, especially the pro-Beijing government, and especially after the passing of the Hong Kong National Security Law, which is overly vague and broad. 
so much so that like anything can be considered as threat against national security and this law like a lot of people see this law as like a response to the to the pro democracy protest to the pro democracy movement yeah um just two years ago but yeah it's it's led to some difficulties in like running the business right for for example with chiki duck they said that you know uh, mainland chinese customs officials confiscated their products which were actually produced in a factory in shenzhen and then they had you know difficulties renewing leases for at at shopping malls which are operated by people with interests that align with the government i mean it's not easy to remain idealistic in hong kong unfortunately as chicky duck found out yeah it is not um and of, i think a lot of people can agree that you know uh it's really difficult to go against like the chinese government because they're so huge uh, and so yeah. powerful yeah mm. okay i think we can move on okay next up we are going to bangkok bangkok a female activist um i'm not sure if you know who she is but her nickname is Ice. That's easy. Rook Chanok Srinok, mm. aka Ice. Yes. And um, so she is accusing a Thai filmmaker, a famous Thai filmmaker, of physically assaulting her on the sidelines of a large cultural event, which is really shocking. So this guy, he is um he's been the person behind some of the biggest blockbusters in Thailand, like um Killer Tattoo, Buparatri, and Kraswe Valentine. And you know, apparently the two of them met at um this event. And then um they were on a boat to discuss, apparently to discuss like issues. And then there she said that the guy slapped her face twice. And mm. not just that, the guy even kicked her in the stomach. So Damn, that's crazy. That's super violent and like, what the hell? Why do you do that to a woman? Um, and even a man, even as a man, like, why would you want to do that? And um, but the thing is, we mm. don't really know like what what was the uh, discussion about? Like, what what was it that they were discussing that you know led to what happened? And um, the director hasn't responded to uh, our request for comment as well, and he hasn't even addressed the matter publicly. So it's right now, it's really just the activist who has uh, kind of outed him and has come out with all of these allegations and it's sparking like an online movement a lot of people are uh, supporting her and because of that there are like hashtags like nana ice got assaulted and and tum yet alert uh, his name is trending on thai twitter um i guess it's like to put on pressure on the guy to like come out and be accountable for his actions or at least come out and explain like what the hell happened? Mm. Because you know, at the end of the day, we still want to know his side of the story, right? Right now, we only know her side of the story. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, so that's it. We just don't know whether he's gonna come out and talk about it or not. So we yeah. don't know the source of the conflict, but this has become like, considering the people involved, this has become a huge scandal in Thailand. Yeah, especially since the guy is so popular. Yeah, but you know, I'm just I'm just reading the list of um, movies. His filmography, uh, to so to speak, like Killer Tattoo, and I don't know what the other uh, two movies there uh, translate to, but they sound like B horror movies, you know. But that's, I guess, a lot of the best Thai movies are horror. Yeah, pretty. pretty I mean, scary, Indonesian so. horror movies are awesome, but yeah, Thai yeah. horror movies are awesome too. <laughs> you guys are like in top competition. So this is probably why this is such a big deal. Like this director is probably a pretty big celebrity. 
over there. Yeah, which you know, sometimes I feel like, oh, it's a bit a bit like it's a bit like unfair because um, you know, if the same thing happened to someone who's ordinary, I don't think I don't think it will even get a lot of attention. But yeah, because this guy is a is popular, he's a prolific figure. I mean, I take that back. He's not a prolific figure, he's just well known. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and that's why it's gaining a lot of traction. And um, people who are supporting the activists are kind of uh, pressuring her to press charges against him. But but, but she yeah. hasn't, it seems. She hasn't, yeah. And I think uh, we should give the guy like a chance to explain like what the hell happened, what is the context of this situation. Yeah. And were you drunk? <laughs> Probably, I would assume so. But... Um... Over to pretty important international matters in courtesy of Coconut Yangon in Myanmar. Uh, reports are saying that millions of U.S. Uh, vaccine doses are heading over there to refugees. And um, so plans are being made to ship millions of doses of uh, Johnson & Johnson's vaccine to the Thai-Myanmar border where, you know, there are a lot of uh, the refugee populations have swollen since... The February coup d'etat. So yeah, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Indonesia is uh, a recipient of the COVAX initiative. That's like the WHO-backed initiative to make vaccines more uh, readily available to developing countries and third world countries. And um, through this initiative, they are trying to get distribute the Janssen vaccines to the people who really need it most, but have uh, so far have had no access to uh, the protection from COVID. But, you know, after, even after all this, yeah, that's a thing with, with um, anything to do with refugees, right? Like you have all these politicians pledging this and that for them, promising this and that, but things tend to move slowly for them in general. Um, and that seems to be the case here because we still don't have the date for when the vaccines are set to arrive and to be administered to the uh, refugee population in the borders. Hmm. Can I ask, um, are Indonesians getting booster vaccines? Um, yes. I, um, the health ministry a couple of weeks ago said that um, the rollout for the booster vaccine is gonna uh, start in early 2022. Okay. Um, they want to make sure first that at least half of the population, the targeted uh, population, is um, fully vaccinated first. But um, you know, we've had it, the whole program has been fully subsidized uh, thus far. But for the booster program, they're gonna uh, limit the subsidy to like certain groups of people like those who can't uh, afford it like the lower lower income uh, population and all that so people like me the middle class and what and yeah and, and whatnot we have to uh we'll have to pay for our booster shots next year oh okay yeah booster shots started in singapore like they've already rolled it out in singapore um for all ages it started with elderly and now it's all ages can take it i mean except for like the children because we still don't know whether children mm. can take vaccine or not but it actually made me think about you know us singapore like, most probably most mostly singapore like having all this excess vaccine enough to um give booster shots to the whole population and then yet you know we have all these um the world countries who are still uh struggling to even complete first dose mm. or 
some of them don't even like have two doses. It's just, they're just living on one dose of the vaccine. And places like parts of Africa, they're, they haven't even hit like 50% vaccination. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, we have like all these other countries like Singapore giving booster vaccines. And yeah. And yeah, and, like and obviously these, these people who are in limbo. These, right um, yeah stateless people yes oh. <laughs> what can we do that's that's the way the world uh, rotates though that's the way it spins <laughs> unfortunately okay i'm gonna fight bali <laughs> in my mind <laughs> <laughs> okay bali bali what's happening in bali uh bali's been talking about opening reopening to the world <laughs> for like so many weeks now and yep. <laughs> uh, it's still not happening, guys. Not so soon, at least. Yeah, so Bali's plans to reopen to the world is like starting to sound like a lot of talk, but no action. But um, the this guy is spokesperson for a uh, company that manages the uh, Bali International Airport said that, his words, not mine, <laughs> says that, mm. okay, we might be able to welcome international flights from next year. Right, but he didn't yeah. give any more details than that. It's just, we're just going to take his word for it. Um, so he says that, you know, um, his name is Faik Fami, the spokesperson. He's the CEO of one of the companies managing the Bali International Airport. So he said that actually several airlines have already uh, shown interest and want to resume operations for flights to Bali. But um, because there's just no declarations have been made because they haven't really had to finalize anything yet. So a lot of it is just talks and discussions, but just nothing finalized. And um, one of the things, one of the things that he noted was that I think because Bali, they're op- they're reopening to vaccinated travelers, but uh, their tourists are required to still undergo three day quarantine, yep. even though you're vaccinated. So that kind of like it's a bit off putting for airlines. That's what, uh, which is what the spokesperson is implying here, and um, and it's might it might be one of the factors that's making them not want to establish a travel lane with Bali. So. And yet he says it may it may happen next year. So I don't know. This guy is so confident. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm I'm pretty surprised by the lack of international tourists. I like I knew that it was it was never going to be like before anytime soon. You know, but Bali relaunched its um it reopened its border, so to speak, because you know Bali's not exactly a country on its own. But for the sake of um the story, it reopened its border in October. Middle middle of October, and apparently, reports say no international flights have landed in Bali. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy to me. It's November. It's the end of November now. Yeah, uh, that's that's not to say that there aren't international tourists coming uh, to Bali, like through Jakarta or like any other cities, you know. Yeah, but there are no direct flights to Bali. That's and that's just crazy to me. Like, really, not not even from well, Australia is so far not the. 19 eligible countries to go to travel to, uh, that are permitted entry to Bali. That's probably why one of the one, one of the main reasons, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe Bali should just try to focus on opening to Australia only first. Yeah, because of um because of business. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I did um contest. Um, the Australian airline did mention that they are in talks with Indonesian authorities on possibly reopening um, 
flights between Bali and Australia via Qantas. <laughs> but yeah, they couldn't finalize anything because obviously, you know, like Fight Fami says, like nothing has been finalized. So it's all up in the air. <laughs> Pun <Yeah>. intended. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Um, yeah. No, but but do you really think that the three-day mandatory quarantine is such a deal breaker for, for like international tourism in general, do you think? In general, actually, I, um, I can't really say, but I was just asking myself that <laughs> earlier today. Like, would you? Would you? I mean, like... if if I'm in a villa and I have a personal chef, I don't, and I have like a view of the ocean, I don't mind being isolated right? in that place for three days, and then okay, I exactly. can go out and explore the other parts of Bali. I think I think it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I don't see why it's a it's an issue of, uh, in the context of Bali at least. Like, if I were to go to I don't know fucking New York and have to met, uh, quarantine for three days, I don't want to stay at a New York dingy New York hotel for three days. But this is Bali, right? Yeah, I don't know, know what more people want. You've got like cheap liquor and food. <laughs> exactly. And maybe there are other factors we don't know. That's the only one factor that that he highlighted. Could be could be the weather uh, at the end of the year. Too much yeah. rain, not enough sun. Maybe. Maybe. So maybe that's why this guy was so confident about next year. Yeah. When the sky is clear, <laughs> when there's yeah. no more rain, everyone will come. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, we're still on the topic of travel here, where um, Singapore and Malaysia are going to reopen land borders for our vaccinated travelers. Are you excited about that? I am excited for all the Malaysian workers who have been stuck in Singapore and have not been able to see their families in the past two years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Missing all the... Yeah, and like they've been missing out on family reunions in all the past festivities. Like Deepavali, Hari Raya, Christmas. Like they missed out. But yeah, so I'm Mm. so happy for them. So go and do your thing. Go and cross the border and hug your wife and kids and and husband and mom, dad. Just do it. And then later, after all that, then all the shoppers can like go and enjoy all the cheap food and and shopping in Malaysia. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, asking asking a Singaporean here. So that causeway linking Singapore to Johor, that's like an essential thingy, right? An essential like road, right? Linking the two countries. It's, It's been... Hugely popular until the pandemic shut it, right? Yeah, that is like the lifeblood of so many people who depend on uh, work and school in Singapore, but they live in Malaysia. Uh, Before COVID-19 shut it down, it was seeing like 300,000 people just passing through that bridge every single day, man. Mm. Like if you go there on a weekday, like in daytime, like you see even like... Second, like high school students or secondary school students, like in uniforms, like just crossing the border, like from school, so like they go to school in Singapore and then they cross the border to go back home in JB. Wow! So it's such a essential, <laughs> it's such an essential transport, like like link or bridge for thousands mm-hmm. of hundreds of thousands of people, not even just thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who depend on that thing, uh, for as part of like their livelihood. Yeah, and then it got shut down. And I remember when it got shut down last year in March, so many people just didn't know where to go. They were rushing for a place to stay in Singapore. 
and some of them were even yeah. forced to sleep in the streets. So it's 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 the, you say you said that it links Singapore and, and Johor, but it's mostly for um, people who want to work or and study in Singapore from Malaysia instead of the other way around, right? It's not it's not really used for like Singaporeans who want to work in or study in Malaysia, so to speak, right? Because yeah, 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 correct. So this kind of I don't know if they've a lot of, a lot of these people like in uh, Malaysia with. Basically, the only link, the only road to their job is closed. I don't know if, like, in the past year, year or more, um, that they've still held on to those jobs. And now that the causeway is reopening, and so too has the opportunity. Mm. Based on the reports, a ma- majority of them uh, stayed in Singapore because of jobs. Mm. Yeah, which is why they don't, they haven't been, they haven't seen their families in a while, and and now that we are reopening the land borders, they can finally go back to Malaysia and reunite with their loved ones. But when they decided to shut it down, a lot of the Malaysians decided to stay here and just get stuck here in Singapore, right. just so that they can keep their jobs. Uh, I think they ha- I'm I'm pretty sure there are a few who decided to give their job away because family is more important to them. And then if mm. there's always another opportunity that they have in Malaysia, and they would rather do that so that they can be there for their family at the same time. But so many people don't have a choice. Like their job is here in Singapore, and they cannot uh survive. They won't be able to survive without their job in Singapore because you. We all know that the currency is so different, right? That the currency here is worth three times more than a Malaysian ringgit. So, mm-hmm. um, especially during like during the pandemic, when uh, you're you're facing financial disruptions, uh, a lot of people are losing jobs. The economy is just basically like ravaged mm-hmm. in the past year. I well, it's definitely slowly recuperating now. Like I'm seeing people having so much fun. Like it just doesn't look like there's an economic crisis anymore. Sometimes, but uh, there was a period when like it really became bad. So many people were unemployed. So people were so anxious about financial security, and they do anything to keep their jobs. Yeah, I mean, just you know, casting my mind back then, um, uh, if like the Malaysians who were stuck in Singapore and decided to stay in Singapore, and like they had to incur extra costs to be able to keep their job you know mm. oh yes extra expenditures and that must be must have been really tough and you said about about the singapore dollar being three times uh the value of the ringgit i mean yeah. that applies that applies to rent too probably and i'm sure it, yeah i'm sure there are some who probably can't couldn't even afford rent yeah yeah you're right I was also um so which means that you know even though they get to keep their jobs but because they have to live in Singapore and live with the high cost of living here they don't do, I can imagine that they won't be able to bring uh send back the same amount of money to their families yeah. as previously yeah, yeah. so yeah I've said it before I, and I'll say it again man like fuck this pandemic seriously <laughs> yeah yeah it's but anyway shit. details about about the reopening of the causeway so I guess to begin with, nearly 3,000 people will be allowed to travel by bus each day and enter the two territories without quarantine. But travelers must still produce a negative COVID-19 test result before departure. And they also must take another one upon arrival in Malaysia. But on arrival tests are not required in Singapore. And, you know, there, go, there it goes again. There's more expenditure there. Um, and right mm-hmm. now... Two bus operators called Transtar Travel and Handal Inda 
what a beautiful name that second one um they they've been tapped to transport travelers across the causeway so there'll be a one i think each operator is allowed up to 32 daily trips both ways and yeah that's probably that's probably just the start of it right that causeway yes. is going to be busy soon yes <laughs> And uh, you know what? They uh, released the uh, tickets for sale this morning and uh, both websites crashed within minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I'm, I, I hope those who've managed to score tickets, they can spend uh, a wonderful, I don't know, what is it now? Uh, uh, Thanksgiving? I, I, we, don't, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. 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 Which country yeah. you at? <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, if you want to stay till the end of the year, the Christmas and the New Year, whatever you want to celebrate, you know, with their families. Hope they have a good time. Yeah, I feel so happy for them, you know. Because I, I'm, I think back to what happened last year and it was just so heartbreaking to see all of them being forced to be separated from their family. And uh, now that things are starting to change, uh, it feels good. Hugs all new around. New normal, here we come. Uh, new normal? We're already in the new normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. New, new normal. New, new normal. <laughs> and joining us today is Coconut Singapore's very own Carolyn Teo. We'll be talking to us about, you know, double standards in Singapore. Uh, I'm assuming that's something that we kind of see a lot, not just in Singapore, to, to be perfectly fair, but pretty much everywhere in the world. Hi, Carol. Hello. How Lovely are you? to have you Hello. back here. Hello. Happy to be so, here. Um, just for a bit of background, there was a big concert in Singapore involving a megastar, I would assume. A Mandarin pop megastar by the name of JJ Lin, and yeah. um, the lack of adherence to health precautions during said concert. But before we go into all that, let's just set the background for for uh, for our listeners who may not be in Singapore. Uh, could you tell us perhaps um, what the COVID nineteen situation is like in Singapore right now? Currently, Singapore is recording like an average of about uh, two thousand cases daily. So right now we have over 600 deaths and over 250,000 cases in total. And um, 94% of the country is fully vaccinated. So this is like one of the highest rates in the world, if statistics are right. Uh, we're just right below UAE. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. UAE is like so, the but, highest right now. But like 2,000 a day, that is uh, 2,000 new cases a day. That's pretty low compared to, I'd say, like a month ago, right? Uh, no, actually, it's one of the higher, highest. Oh. Yeah, because it's been recording like 2,000 cases for a couple of months right now. Previously, it was like hundreds, and now it's like 1,000. Yeah. But last month, but... we, no, earlier this month, we did hit nearly 5K, or was it mm, 5K? Correct. And then we, it kind of stabilized yeah, to 2,000. Moves on to the thousands, really, from the hundreds to the thousands right now. But the deaths are still, um, you've always kept it low throughout the pandemic, right? At the beginning, I don't think we were recording that many. But right now, I think there's like double digit kind of deaths, number of deaths. So it has been like that for a couple of months or so. Oh, hope yeah. you get out just of that for, soon. Yeah, just for like a little bit of context, Singapore rarely reported daily deaths before the first half of this year. It was only the second half of this year that we started to see regular deaths being reported in the mm-hmm. double digits. Yeah, yeah. So I think if we were to compare it to last year, like, yeah, we're in a worse state right now. But 
when we start to compare ourselves to other countries and then we realize uh actually we're kind of like on the same boat as many other countries <laughs> yeah yeah that's true yeah it's a bit of a miracle but right now here in indonesia we're like uh daily cases of you know in the triple digits so yeah boy um all oh, right <laughs> what about that something to be happy about <laughs> oh oh like double digits like every day at least so. oh Well, but we don't have as high a vaccination rate as you. So I think we're like okay, halfway get there. there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. We're a much bigger country. So yeah, um, yeah by like a gazillion of, time. Yeah. Uh, speaking of restrictions uh, right now, what are the things that you can and can't do in public? Right now, um, just recently only, like the restrictions were back to about five people per gathering. So it's like five is the magic number. So five people you can dine in with, five visitors to your homes every day. We still have to wear our masks and we still have to like social distance and we still have to use like the contact tracing app uh, mm -hmm. whenever we enter buildings. Um, alcohol is still only allowed to sell until 10.30. And yeah, we also can't talk loudly on trains either. So there's like staff who like go around with like a bot telling you to like pipe down, like just shh, just keep quiet, <laughs> like not talk on the trains to like lower the transmission. So yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Noral, I'm going to keep asking the questions here because I'm not, I'm not in Singapore and I would love to get, get a picture of what's going on there. So yeah, yeah go ahead. Uh, uh, leading on from that is that, you know, so you were talking about trains. That's something you've experienced yourself, right? Like they've seen yourself again, like, so based on your personal observations, like, Do you feel that in general, mobility curbs and rules in Singapore are being enforced or observed strictly? Yeah, I mean, there are plenty of like, they call them the safe distancing ambassadors. So like there are plenty of them like walking around, making sure like people are like, following the rules, making sure they're like social distancing. And like, even if they aren't like there to spot check us, like we have the contact tracing system that basically tracks like where you go and who are you who you were with. And like it's been enforced pretty strictly because I guess like Singapore, like majority of us like to play by the rules. Like there's no like messing around. Like we like to follow the book, sort of that kind of country. Like there's a bunch of laws to like scare people straight. So yeah, I think that it has been enforced pretty strictly. Such law-abiding citizens. Yep. Yep. Can't even chew gum. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. I guess uh, which brings us to the concert. Okay, so um, I have no idea who this guy is. Could you tell me who JJ Lin is? Oh, he's um, he's this pretty huge uh, Mandarin pop star. Um, he became like I guess insanely popular like while pursuing music in like Taiwan and China. But then he also regularly like comes back to Singapore for like concerts and he and to like feature in our like national day parades. And like I guess he's like one of like Singapore's most famous celebrities. He has a pretty mm -hmm. huge following in Singapore. Yeah, he's a pretty huge de deal. Uh, and like, he's treated like a gem here. So <laughs> He's also like uh, the golden boy, right? Like yeah, someone yeah, who's like, scandal-free, very clean yeah. background. Yeah, correct. Like the Singapore equivalent for Lisa from Blackpink. Basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. <laughs> Except Lisa is cooler by like a thousand <laughs> times. Ooh, don't, don't say it. His fans will come after you. Shh, don't. <laughs> Yeah, are we, are we come get... at me! Come at me! What were you? Calling? Are we gonna get cancelled here? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, but um, I had a I had a chat with Noral earlier, and she said that JJ Lin is the face of Changi Airport. 
<laughs> yeah, probably. I think he's the face of many things. But he's, yeah, like, as Nero said, he's like the golden boy that uh, I guess people look up to when it comes to music in Singapore. Nice. Good. Yeah, so um, what are his hits? Can you sing us some? Oh, I'm I'm not. I'm definitely <laughs> not a fan. <laughs> um, but we all, like, kind of know him, so... Like, I'm not a hater as well, so I'm just like neither here nor there. Just to put it out there, yeah. Just, just don't come for me. <laughs> Girl got a disclaimer safer. ready. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, yeah, JJ Lin. I um, I don't really know, really know his songs, but I just thought it was really funny that he made a song for Jewel Changi Airport and. Ex- explicitly said that you know this song like Jewel Changi Airport inspired him so much that he had to write a song about it but you know we all know that it's a collaboration between you and the freaking yeah. airport yeah whatever yeah. he did not he did not yeah. get an inspiration out yeah. of that awesome ass uh, waterfall yeah and the music video is of him just like standing in front of the water gushing yep oh, um, wait 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 before we wait so he he made a song about Changi the right. Jewel it, Changi it, Airport specifically. The Jewel Changi Airport. So yeah. he, if I go there, I haven't been, I haven't had the privilege to go there because of the pandemic. But if, but if I go there, uh, will I be able to hear it while <laughs> standing next to the water thing? Uh, no, but you can listen to the song and then you go there and then you kind of like feel feel it yourself, I guess. Pretend you're Gigi Lin over there. Yeah, like you walk slowly to the fountain and then just stare into the abyss. Yeah, I bet people are doing that right now. So yeah. Oh, he's that big, huh? Yep. So this concert it hasn't happened yet. It's heaven. It's it's this weekend. Okay, it's it's this weekend. Yeah. Okay, and uh, do you know like where? Can you tell us where it's gonna happen and how many people are uh, gonna be there and what's the whole? restriction and sitting situation what, what's that situation like um it's at the marina bay sands theater so it's this weekend it's a two-day concert and proceeds go all all of the proceeds go to charity so like the whole like big hoo-ha about like the concert is because like i guess in order to progress from our like current covid situation to entice more people to get like vaccinated, the government wrote out like uh, this new like set of restrictions. They call it the vaccination differentiation safe management measures, which is oh, wow. essentially just like perks for the vaccinated. So like a couple of events were selected to um, pilot under this program, and this JJ Lin concert happened to be one of them. So only those vaccinated are allowed to attend. And at his concert, um, at the venue, seats are not uh, distanced like a meter apart, meaning like they don't have to like social distance. But intermingling is still not allowed. So I guess like they can only like fangirl like, side by side. <laughs> they can't, I don't know, maybe like they can't dance too elaborately. Right? So um, when like the news came out, like people weren't happy with it. They were saying like, you know, there's this concert happening and like they're not, they don't have to social distance. And here I am like, you know, dining out in twos or like complaining that my kids can't play outdoors when these fans can like enjoy themselves at like a tightly packed venue. Yeah. So that's, that's why people are pissed right now. Are his songs mostly ballads? I guess so. Yeah. Besides okay. the, uh, then... is the, is the Changi Airport one a ballad or so? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, so no mosh bits or anything. Yeah. yeah no, so I wouldn't I worry. Yeah, it's just side by yeah. side, like dancing. Like, yeah, so I'm not gonna worry about any like Travis Scott situation or no. something oh, like that. God. No, so it's quite chill. 
fucker. Yeah, yeah. Um, Quite chill. But why do you think why do you think that this concert specifically got uh, this um, exemption, this special treatment? I mean, because he's Singapore's gem. He's the golden mm. boy. He's the guy who did a song with Chang Ye Um He's <laughs> he's very famous, I guess. I mean. Since like having large scale events haven't exactly been normalized here yet, or like back to normal, like the government knew that by bringing in him, like a local artist with like a substantial following, it will appeal to many and it will like jumpstart the return of like entertainment events. And I guess it's also like a great opportunity to rig in like tons of money. I mean, that his mm. tickets are like what they start from two hundred eighty-eight dollars, and it goes all the way up to like close to four thousand. Singapore, like fans, Singapore yeah, correct. And fans still also still lot. need to ballot for a ticket, so that means not everyone can get it. So that's a lot of money. Wow, damn! I would so pay that it. to watch Michael Jackson if he was still alive. Yes, same. But I don't know. Yeah, I guess people want to pay three hundred to see him. Yeah. So so that's it. That's it's just like the exemption was ba- uh, basically just because of his star status and not. I don't know. This is Singapore. It's it's just so tempting to ask if there are any like other underlying issues regarding privilege at play. <laughs> I know. I understand that temptation. It's like you know yeah. there's dirt in it, but you can't find the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> but, but your instinct tells you there's dirt in it. <laughs> But maybe. yeah, I, yeah. I, I I don't know, maybe. But at the same time, there are not that many events happening, right? Mm, correct. Yeah. Quite few as of now on, yeah. Especially with like, we only have a month or so left of the year. I know that after this one, there is um, Marina Bay Sands hosting some Christmas concerts. I think one mm. of them is... Is the one with the singer Dick Lee, who is also like Singapore's golden boy back yes. in the heydays. Yeah, he wrote like some of Singapore's most popular National Day songs. Yeah, but he didn't write cool. a song about Joel Chang himself. <laughs> He's yeah, not JJ nah. Lin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's like the only minor thing that says the two of them apart. But it seems like they're the same, just from different generations. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Now I notice the yeah, but, similarity. But like, other than music, like, what other events are being going to be exempted from the rules? Um, there's like a bunch of like high-profile uh, business forums that happened uh, like last month or this month, if I'm not wrong. Like from leaders around the world that came to Singapore. So like, there's the Bloomberg New Economy Forum thing, and then for like entertainment, you have this JJ Lin concert, and then um, the One Championship Martial Arts event. Mm. Yeah, and then that's huge for- in Singapore, right? Yeah, but like the, mm. for the smaller scale concerts, I guess they are still having like a few mini concerts at the Esplanade Theatre. So, mm. so those events, like you still have to do like testing, even though you're vaccinated. But then for some, like you don't have to. So like the events depend on, I don't know. I don't know how they determine the events, like whether or not you need to show like a negative test result. Yeah, but at some events, like they allow you to sit alone, while others, like they allow you to sit in pairs. But just to um, add, I think yeah, um, some of the events that, that happened, I think in the past couple of weeks, they happened before Singapore's latest round of east of restrictions that took effect only this week, I think, Carol? This week, correct, yeah. Yeah, I'm, we're I'm back confused. on group on five, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because they they ease some of the restrictions again. So it went back to like group of five for families only. And then mm. now it's group of five for all vaccinated individuals. 
Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So and as well as other restrictions like on events and stuff. So I I guess that also took it to play because it only like the latest round of restrictions that uh, got eased like just this week and and that's why it kind of went in hand in hand with JJ Lin's concert easing their restrictions as well because when they first announced it they actually clarified that you know there are restrictions involved all of the seats are going to be distanced but then after that now they ease the restrictions and then they say hey we we're not going to distance everyone anymore and like we can get everyone to sit closer to each other and now we can uh, add more seats yeah mm, yep you know it just hit me um is the realization that it, at the end of the year 2021, some of the most engaging conversations we're having is about how many people can hang out with how many people, you know? <laughs> and yeah. like, how far we can be, oh, man, fucking virus. It's just, <laughs> right? otherwise, it's like- you know, if the coronavirus thing never happened, I'd probably be at a JJ Lin concert right now. <laughs> You'd probably be singing the Changi Airport song <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's but, like a know, game of survival. You gotta pick a person to hang out with, and that person has mm. to like really worth your time. <laughs> yeah, but I guess where I'm coming from, where I'm coming from, is a bit of a you know what they used to call lockdown fatigue or restrictions fatigue and whatnot. Um, and you know, there's been a lot of criticism against um, this planned concert of JJ Lin. Um, but conversely, are there people saying? You know, it's so what? Just just let people stand next to each other as they listen to Mandarin um, soulful ballads, and you know, and not have to worry about transmitting viruses. And like, basically, people are just saying they want to return to the normal life already. Yeah, I mean, of course, JJ Lin fans will stand by him, and like they basically said that you know, Singapore will never be happy with whatever that is put out. They will be upset either way, you know, whether the restrictions will be further tightened or like made more relaxed or like something like that. And like, I guess the people who are complaining are just frustrated and like restless because since certain things are locked, but then they still can't do like the simplest things like eating out with their friends or like bringing their kids out with their relatives and stuff like that. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think since like also we also have a high vaccination rate of 94%, like they follow instructions and they got vaccinated. And I think they were pissed that they still can't do the things that they want, even though they are vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Sorry, yeah. do you personally think too much of a fuss is being made about the concert? Considering, you know, there are safeguards in place. Uh, I, I saw you listed in the story that you must be vaccinated. Uh, you you got to be tested. And um, and you have, to, you have to wear a mask at the concert, right? Yeah, you, you still do. So yeah, do you personally think that, you know, tough, just I think it's, this is too it's much? fine. No, I think it's I mean, I think it's fine because like, but that may be biased because I love going to concerts and like I miss it so much. But on the other hand, like I kind of get what people are trying to say. There are activities that are like much more important to others as simple as having like play dates with your kids or like, you know, kids need to go out. So like people with big families, they kind of eat out and then they're learning about the concert that's happening. So they can get, I understand why they can get like super frustrated. Mm-hmm. And like it's been two years since the outbreak happened. So if you think about it, it's two birthdays or like two years worth of occasions that you can't spend with as many people as you want. You know, not being able to sit together at restaurants. Like you can't drink after like 10 30 pm. <laughs> yeah, this kind of small things like tables like have now have like time limits. So now you have to rush your food or your drinks so that the next group of people will arrive. Yeah, so people are pissed. <laughs> And I kind of get it, but I love concerts too much to like, you know, make, make noise. 
<laughs> yeah, so I guess it's not so much of the concept, but it's just the general selective easing of restrictions that's frustrating people. And maybe yeah. JJD's concert just happened to be, you know, an easy target. <laughs> yep. I mean, it could be anything, not just like concerts and people will make noise or so. So. But what yeah. if what if JJ Lin's concert is the um, I don't know like the first step towards what they you know quote unquote the new normal maybe you know starting next year? Yeah, I think they are piloting this just for that reason. But I guess people just at the heat of the moment they just want to rent, so that's why they make all these comments. But it but then I guess they'll find out later on that it's actually you know it's needed, and then so that things can progress afterwards. And when they do, who are you looking forward to seeing in concert? Oh, the people I like don't even come to Singapore. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, like they are, cause I like um hip hop also. So like they they won't come to Singapore. Like like no, they don't. Oh yeah, you go to Australia for that. Yeah, you ever you I'll oh yeah I'll gladly go overseas for concerts like that, but maybe not when they come here if they even will. So no Kendrick Lamar in Singapore, huh? Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sadly, He's too cold the for only you. no the who's the last rapper I. The, only, the last rapper who came to Singapore was it Shaggy? Uh, French Montana or like Jaden Smith or something like that. Oh, like, oh yeah, Jaden really? Smith. Does he yeah. even qualify as a rapper? Who, who? Jaden Smith? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He's like I an all rounder. I think his dad is also confused about him. <laughs> I, went, I actually went to see Jaden Smith and he only sang for five songs and he left. Then we were like, "What? What's going on? <laughs> what a rip off!" <laughs> yeah, five songs, guys. And Did Jaden Smith was Jaden Smith was like was he like oh this is he even like Singapore's anything, Singapore's like, this uncool that I he it I doesn't know, deserve he, more than five songs he didn't, even, he didn't even talk to us like he just went on stage he sang and he left oh, could yeah. be the crap song maybe he he tried some I don't I don't know but it was a rip off yeah. Wow, all right. Oh gosh. But you but at least you get like some um, great bands in the from the indie scene and the rock scene, don't you? Uh, hmm? Indie you bands. Oh. Who we? <laughs> really? Yeah. Are we talking about Singapore? <laughs> like we, I mean, Jakarta is not exactly a concert destination for like the world's biggest artists, but we've managed to get um, Tame Impala. Yeah, that's uh, good enough. Bands like that, yeah, we you got know. Tame Impala. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's not all bad. I mean, oh, and I'm we also got this, this. This is this is kind of cheating, but we got Rich Brian, obviously. <laughs> He's a rapper. Sorry, right? not sure. Is that like Indonesia's golden boy? Yeah, <laughs> he is. Sing for arguably... your also. <laughs> no, no, but he he did meet with the president a couple of times. Like he's that nice. that that big of a deal. Nikki as well, but I don't think Nikki has met with the president. I'm not sure. Oh but yeah, God. I'm looking forward to songs from them about the uh, Sukarno Hatta Airport. Hmm. A concert <laughs> back to normal in Indonesia. Uh, not yet. We are actually going back into like the level three of the four level lockdown levels. I said level a lot there. But <laughs> over the uh, Christmas and New Year holidays that week, we're going back to mm. level three. We're at level one now because the numbers are so low. Mm. So level one is yeah. like the most relaxed level. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's like the only difference now is that people are wearing masks outside compared to, you know, like pre-pandemic. Mm. And we're really good about wearing masks in general. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's good. Um, thanks, Carol, uh, for this chat. Thank you. Uh, I know that we're we're establishing a vaccinated travel lane, Singapore and Jakarta. Yes. And, um, 
when that happens, I'll be sure to uh, stop over at Jewel and um, <laughs> give JJ Lin a listen. Can can we need a video? Of that. I I I know for sure I'm gonna miss this concert next week. Is it this weekend? weekend. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely gonna miss that. Oh dang it! <laughs> All right, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Carol. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, cool chat with Carolyn about JJ Lin. I just realized their names rhymed. Hmm, must be fate. Ooh, <laughs> I knew it. I knew she was secretly a JJ Lin fan. I mean, their names rhymed. Yeah, she's just being modest, like you know, saying I'm neutral and whatnot. Whatever. And you know, she she's probably holding a grudge against you now for talking shit about JJ Lin. How could you? No, I'm just saying that Lisa is a better and more like prolific artist than JJ Lin. It's just a that fact. That is true. That is true. And and this Justin, uh, it's not really. This isn't really breaking news, but it uh, it has been reported that Lisa has contracted COVID nineteen, and we wish her a speedy and full recovery. Yeah, and the rest of the gang is like waiting for their results. I'm pretty sure they already got their results. Just waiting for the announcements. Yeah. And for the sake of, you know, K-pop fans everywhere, hopefully they're okay. Yep. Because, you know, you know, who knows? Maybe this JJ Lin concert's going to kickstart a series of concert in Singapore and throughout the region. And uh, we'll see Blackpink back in our yeah. shores very soon. Yeah. The most important is um, concerts with international artists. Not that I don't support local, but I feel like <laughs> I've, I've, I've been watching a lot of support of local artists in the past two years because we can't we can't even see like other I mean yeah okay whatever you know what I mean yeah international yeah. artists please come to Singapore <gasps> soon Kendrick Lamar that includes you yes, yes. I will fly over and, there with a with a VTL between Indonesia and Singapore I will definitely fly over there just for Kendrick Lamar yes yeah. <laughs> Grammy nominee and, and, yeah multiple mm-hmm. and on that note Let's call it a day for this week's right. episode. And I guess we'll um, see you all next week. Bye-bye. Woot woot, bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support Coconuts and our weird and wondrous stories, you can become a Coco Plus member at coconuts.co slash membership, make a patron payment at coconuts.co slash patron, or buy our fresh merch at the Coconut Shop at shop.coconuts.co. Need something to go on your head? How about your wall? We've just dropped some limited edition exclusive merch for our 10th anniversary. Check them out at shop.coconuts.co. Subscribe to the podcast and leave reviews. Tell us how you feel and what you like and don't like. We're excited to hear from you. The Coconuts Podcast delivers impactful, weird, and wondrous reporting by a journalist on the ground in eight cities. Singapore, Bangkok, Hong Kong, Manila, Jakarta, Kuala Lumpur, Yangon, and Bali. Listen to headline news and insightful interviews on matters large and small designed for people located in or curious about Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. The Coconuts Podcast is a Coconuts Media production. Our hosts are Nurul Azlia and Andra Nazri. Our executive producer is Byron Perry. Our production manager is Clarissa Cortez. And our editor is Paul Medina. Well Medina.